Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com. Joined today by Jessica Lewis, described as the golden girl of Bermuda sport. <laughs> are you the golden girl of Bermuda sport, Jessica? Are you embarrassed or are you slightly flattered by that title? Uh, definitely flattered by it. I mean, I... Um I worked really hard in this sport, and um, I just love Bermuda so much. And to be able to bring home some medals uh, for Bermuda is absolutely incredible. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a fitting title, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> you brought home a gold. You've suddenly brought home lots of medals, haven't you? Uh, yeah, my, I just recently brought home um, a gold from the Parapan American Games okay. um, that took place in Toronto last summer, um, and then a bronze medal from World Championships that was in Doha, Qatar uh, in October last year. How does it make you feel when you, when you cross the finishing line, you've got your medal and you're hoisting the Bermuda flag? Oh, absolutely incredible. Like, mm-hmm. most amazing feeling ever. So much pride. You're very proud of representing Bermuda. Definitely. Uh, you, you were born weighing just over three pounds, three and a half pounds, and you had a very serious spinal condition. Um, how, how was your childhood? Um, my childhood was really good. Um, I did have a rough patch right when I was first born and um, had about 12 surgeries um, over 70 hours worth. Um, 12 surgeries in 70 hours? Uh, no, 70 hours combined for oh, the, right. the 12 surgeries. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I was in hospital for 56 days um, just to work on my spine. Um, but that was really only the rough patch that I had. Um, and my family has been always so supportive and they always let me try and do anything that I want to and they never right. held me back. So can you describe this, the, the, the condition you were born with? So it's called diastematomyelia, right. um, which basically means that a bone um, pierced the bottom of my spine and split it, and that left me paralyzed from the waist down. And um, you, you've obviously easily come to terms with it now. You, you're quite inspiring, but growing up your child in your childhood, did it, were you struggled to come to terms with it, or did you have a very supportive family that helped you? Um, I definitely went through a patch where I didn't want to have it, um, but my family definitely helped me through that and um, all my friends as well and they just focused on my abilities and not my disability um, which really helped as well. Because you, you don't like the word disability do you? No. <laughs> Tell me why. Um, I just feel that like everybody has an inability to do something so why should some people be classed as more that than anything else so why should we have that label because everybody has it and I always think that like if you're not able to snap your fingers wouldn't that mean you have a disability Mm. because it's an inability to do something Mm. Um, so I just want to change it to differently abled differently abled yeah that's that's very apt because you're differently abled aren't you yeah and it's more positive and it puts the person first um, have you had any success in trying to alter people's mindset in that respect? Um, actually, I, yeah, I have. Um, I actually am getting interviewed for uh, the next issue of the Bermudian magazine. Uh-huh. Um, and the um, gentleman that sent me the questions, he put that in there, um, just saying, do I have any advice for other athletes who are differently abled? So that was pretty right. awesome to see that. Because it's not just athletes, is it? It's no. anybody who's, who's differently abled, yep. as you put it. Um, do you think they would agree with you in your description then? I definitely think so, yeah. The people you've come across? Yeah, definitely. Okay, because you, you, you've done some, you, you worked or you were a Windreach a lot, weren't you? Yeah. So you see people there and, and you think it's an apt description for them? Definitely, yeah. So, but why though? I mean, what have you seen other people achieve? Just the strengths that some people have, and like there's um, a program that I um, am volunteering at right now in Canada, actually, um, for stroke survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all have um, different conditions and things like that. And uh, this one uh, afternoon, they do a swimming 
uh, lesson. Um, and this lady that I was paired with, she was terrified to go into the deep end of the pool. So I kind of uh, took her hand and I was like, why don't we just slowly go together? And the deep end of the pool wasn't really that deep. She thought it was a lot deeper than it was. Um, but she was able to get um, down there with me. Um, so that was definitely amazing to see and right. um, just conquering her fears and her limitations. Yeah. So other people in her situation can conquer their fears, do you think? Definitely. Um, you're obviously extremely successful at sport. What inspired you? What what made you want to take up sport in the first place? Um, well, I started um, in my sports. Uh, well, I was in a lot of different sports before track, and uh, my first sport was in swimming. Hmm. Um, and a really nice lady, Jackie Rayner, who was my older sister's swimming uh, teacher, uh, said that she could teach me. Um, so that was definitely my first introduction to sport. And then um, growing up through Windreach, they just opened up so many doors for me in sports and showed me all the different sports available. Yeah. And how did, it, how did it take off from there? Um, so I started horseback riding when I was five. And horseback then, riding? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then um, they started the adaptive sports program. I can't remember what year. Um, but they uh, brought down athletes and coaches from Canada and the States mm -hmm. um, in the different sports so that we were able to see what's available. Um, and then they ran uh, an adaptive sports program, which is still running now and, and developing more sports as well. And then you took it to another stage. Yeah. So when was your first uh, competition? Uh, in 2010. Really? That recently? Yeah. And what was that? Um, it was in uh, Dixie Games in uh, Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, that was my first track race. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Um, in 2010 is kind of when I stopped doing the other sports as well and just mainly focused on track. On track, and then yeah. it, it's taken off for you somewhat, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, What Can you remember off the top of your head what are the championships and events, big events you've been to since then? Um, so I went to the 2011 Parapan American Games, uh, the 2015 Parapan American Games, um, 2013 World Championships in Lyon, France, 2015 World Championships in Doha, Qatar, um, and London 2012 Paralympic Games. And are you going to the Paralympic Games this year? Um, I have qualified for the Games, um, and I'm just waiting uh, to hear to get the official word, but I've got a really good shot at going. Okay, so. and what, what rank are you now in, in the world? Um, in the 100 right now, I'm third. Third, so. right. Have you been Have you been higher than that? Uh, no. no. No, so your ambition is to get first, presumably. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be tough, I think, in Rio to to bump up to first um, you think? just with the competition but I definitely think down the road uh, with more training and more developing strength and power. I was going to come on to that actually. What is your training regime? Uh, so I have kind of two different training programs uh, just depending on if we're in season meaning competitions are coming up or if we're out of season when the competitions aren't on. Mm, yeah. Um, so out of competition I'm in the gym three days a week lifting weights with a personal trainer Right. Um, and then the other three to four days in the week I'm in my track chair doing different drills Okay. Um, and then once um, kind of like when my school year ends in April um, and the competition season starts in May. Um, we focus mainly on being in the chair, so we cut out the gym, just because there is obviously more risk of injury in the mm -hmm. gym, mm -hmm. um, and we just focus on drills in the chair. Okay, yeah. so when's your training regime gonna pick up for the Olympics, the Paralympics, assuming you get there? Um, it's kind of picked up now. Like, Has it? Yeah, okay. so we're definitely going heavy um, through this month. I was actually just talking with my coach about it. Um, we're going to go heavy um, now until about May when the first race is, um, and then we'll kind of bring it down a little bit um, and then kind of peak again or ramp up again uh, probably July, August, um, and then slowly bring it back down. So you go overseas for your training predominantly? Yes, yeah. Okay. So with all that you've been through and the, all, all your training now, 
Uh, what keeps you going? What inspires you? What inspires you? You, you say, you know, disabled people, sorry, differently able people uh, can be inspired. What inspires you? Um, I mean, I have a great uh, team in Canada that I train with. Um, I'm very fortunate that the Canadians let me train with them, and my coach is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely having your support team from your teammates is definitely a huge push. Um, the medals from last year has also helped. Very definitely. <laughs> yeah, and um, it, it kind of just gave me a lot of confidence knowing that I'm on the right track in the sport, not to have the pun intended. But, um, yeah, um, I'm definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting. You, you, there's a quote that I saw that um, you, you gave to a different magazine, and it's about the Paralympics. You say, all of our athletes have overcome enormous obstacles. But none of them feel sorry for themselves. Instead, they achieve magnificent, magnificent things, Paralympic things. Um, we touched on some of the obstacles that you've overcome. Um, are, are there any other that stand out? Um, not really that I can think of. I mean, it's mainly just the sacrifices that you have to make for training. Um, my biggest one is being away from home all the time. Um, That's quite a big obstacle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like all my family is here, so I, I don't really see them that often. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's probably my biggest obstacle. You don't strike me as a person who lets obstacles stand in the way, actually. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, my family are always great about it, and they know that this is my passion, and they're all very supportive, and they'll come and visit and stuff like that, and they know that Canada's where I need to be right now with my coach. So. How long do you think uh, you'll be competing for? All things being equal, keeping free of injury and everything? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, I just want to keep going as long as I can and as long as it's still fun and, and not work. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, that uh, you were quite keen to come back to Bermuda and work at Windreach. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, just Windreach has given me so many opportunities, and especially uh, in track racing. Like, without them, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be on this journey right now. Um, and they're just an incredible pe- uh, organization, and I just want to help all the other differently abled individuals in Bermuda. Okay, well, on that note, thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.